Welcome to the Writing to Get Business podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your writing skills. Every week, you'll hear tips and strategies to support your writing. Pat Iyer is your show hostess, a ghostwriter, editor, and author who has written 48 books. Sit back, relax, and listen. Here's your hostess, Pat Iyer. This is Pat Iyer, and welcome to Writing to Get Business. In this podcast, we bring to you people who have completed or are in the process of writing their nonfiction business books designed specifically to share their expertise, bring them more authority, credibility, and visibility. And it's my pleasure to bring to you today Octavian Pontish, who is the co-author of a book with a Romanian pilot. If you have ever sat in an airplane and wondered what goes on inside the dark cockpit, you'll find it fascinating to read this book and to discover more about what it takes to be a leader in a highly regulated and highly risky area of commerce and transportation. Welcome to the show, Octavian. Thank you, Pat, for the invitation. It's great to be here. Octavian, how about if you share with our viewer or our listener your role right now um, in, in terms of your business before you got involved in a meal with a meal? I know you were running a successful business. Yeah. Tell our viewer a little bit about that business and then how you ended up working with a Romanian pilot, Emil Dobrov. Dobrovolis. Oh, no. Dobrovolski, yes. <laughs> Dobrovolsky, yeah. I got it. Yeah. All right. You worked with, I'm going to call him Emil from this point on. Sounds good. Yeah. How did you end up working with him? So I'm a, uh, I'm a consultant and a trainer by profession. Um, I've been doing this uh, since uh, 1999, so for 22 uh, years now almost. And um, uh, I'm also uh, doing keynote speeches. Uh, I've been doing that for the last uh, five or six years. I wrote a first nonfiction book back in 2012 in Romanian only. It's about work-life balance. The title is in Romanian, Musai List. It's a kind of a must-do list, which mm. did very well. It only sold in Romanian. Uh, and it sold about 30,000 copies, which is a lot for the nonfiction uh, book market in Romania. It's and a that, lot anywhere. I'll tell you that. It's a lot anywhere. That's, that's what I understand. It's a lot anywhere. So that, that went uh, very well. Uh, I got to know um, Captain Emil through a, a, a friend. And uh, I, I got to know him. I, uh, I got to fly a few times when he was a captain and I admired um, uh, the, the quality of the flight and especially the clarity of his communication to the passengers. I'm sure that we've all flown with captains who, when they address the, uh, the, the passengers, you don't really understand too much of what they're saying. It's, to me, it feels like they're holding their nose and go like, oh, and then you, yeah. but with the meal, one way you know that you're flying with a meal is that you can clearly hear him say, Welcome, uh, welcome on board on this flight to London or to Frankfurt or to uh, wherever the flight is. And um, 
Then we invited him a couple of times to speak to business audiences, to share some of his stories from aviation. He's a very experienced pilot. He's also a, a pilot instructor and also a pilot examiner. So he gets to examine other pilots and gets to decide whether or not they continue to fly or withheld from flying until they remediate a couple of things. He was also, he was also the presidential uh, pilot for many years. So uh, what we found was that every time he was addressing the audiences, sharing stories from aviation, the feedback was very good. And uh, the experience was nice and inspiring, but more of that, more, more than that, it was very valuable because the lessons from aviation uh, are very much applicable to us who don't pilot a plane, but who pilot our own careers, who pilot a team, who pilot a company, who pilot an organization, an NGO or something. So back in, uh, it must have been 2018, so about three years from now, I, I, at the end of one of these speeches, I said, hey, Emil, you have to write a book because there's, there's, there's a treasure in what you're sharing from the lessons of aviation, from your own stories, from the principles that you're there about leadership, about communication and so on. And he said, you know, Octavian, I think I, I think I will. But if I do, let's do it together because you've got the experience of writing uh, Musai List and writing uh, other audiobooks. You're also a consultant. You work with business executives every day. I've got this know-how from aviation and I think together we can make a great team. Uh, having said that, we said, fine, super, let's go do it. About one year later, so this was November 2019, we did launch the book in Romanian. Um, uh, and here's the here's a copy of the of the book in Romanian, Dark Cockpit. The Dark Cockpit, by the way, is an expression from aviation. If we have time, we'll discuss what it is. If not, uh, I invite our viewers to discover it because uh, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing, what Dark Cockpit means. <laughs> and this book sold very well, too. I mean, in the first, um, um, and then obviously, uh, beginning of 2020, COVID came. So all of events, all of our events and interviews and tours and everything had to be frozen. But still, the book sold three, four thousand copies uh, right away in just a few months, and the feedback we got was uh, was very good. Uh, people were buying book the book from uh, different ways of life. It was uh, leaders who were buying the book. It was parents who were buying the book for their teenage uh, children. It was people who were buying the book for their parents, kind of as interesting. It was um, uh, students who were buying it for their own development. So the book had a very wide readership, and very soon. We arrived at the conclusion, hey, this has to be translated into English and has to be launched internationally. And one year later, that happened too. And the book is doing very well and the feedback is great. So that's kind of the story in a nutshell. Ah, oh, well, thank you for that. That was a, a fascinating overview. And I, now I want to go back and ask you some questions about what you said. Sure. First of all, you said that Emil was the presidential pilot. Can you explain yeah. to me what that means? It means that um, uh, the Romanian president used to have an Airbus uh, fleet and Emil is, is a pilot certified for Airbus planes. So for uh, about 10 to 12 years, he was usually the preferred pilot for presidential flights. So when president had to travel to a NATO reunion or EU council, or even as far as from Romania to South America or to Texas or in different other places, uh, he would need a special crew of very, very experienced people, captain, co-pilot and crew. And in, in most cases, he was the he was the captain of the presidential flights. Yeah. 
And also some other flights were prime minister, government. And during COVID, he volunteered to fly some of those, if you might remember from one year ago, special mission flight to repatriate uh, people or to take uh, medical supplies to a country or another. And he volunteered with all the masks and all that. Uh, he did that. Yeah. Okay. I never really thought about the level of responsibility of the pilot inside a plane that's carrying the president of the country. Yeah, uh, that, that is certainly you'd want the most experienced people who know how to problem solve and are going to be able to provide an extremely safe flight. Yeah, you would. And and by the way, about aviation, uh, almost everything has a procedure behind it. And over almost every system has not only one backup, but two backups. So uh, almost anything happens. There's a plan for that. There's a plan for that. But still, there is an area of unknown. Uh, and you have to be, you have to have someone who's really prepared to take care of that. And that's a valuable lesson, lesson for the people in business as well. You're running, maybe you're working for a multinational company that has been around for a hundred years. The brands are valuable. They're multi-billion dollar um, value, for instance. So even if you wanted to, you cannot really bankrupt the company very soon because uh, there are systems in place, but still, there still is a lot of uncertainty. We've had COVID, we have markets uh, evolve in different ways. So leaders need to have a plan and need to prepare. And we go into a lot of details um, about that in the book. Yeah. So he said, we need to write this book together. How did that get translated? You're not a pilot, yeah. he's a pilot, you're an experienced business person. How did you merge your talents and interests and knowledge to create a book that was written in the voice of Emil, and yet clearly you had a great deal of involvement in it. Yeah, well, we follow the system. Uh, I guess there are, uh, I actually, I don't guess, I'm sure there are multiple ways in which you can uh, write a book, but the system we used for Dark Cockpit was the system I used for writing the previous book. And in that case, for instance, I did not start by writing the book. I started by collecting experiences and materials and stories and everything until I had a big bunch. And I decided on what the table of contents will be. So we said, okay, I want to have maybe 12 to 15 chapters uh, and how could they be grouped so i did not want to have a list a long list of table of contents but rather uh, the book should have maybe three categories with three four or five chapters in each of them and i wrote the table of contents i wrote a, one paragraph what this chapter is about i wrote um, i created a two or three page document saying hey uh, this is what the book is about this is what the book brings this is how it's different than any other books and i said i will send this to the two best publishing publishers in the country. And if at least one of them says, looks good, write the book, then I write the book. If none of them says that, and if they say, Octavian, stick to doing training and speaking, leave the book to others, then I won't write the book because I knew, and I'm sure many of our readers and, and viewers know, writing a book takes a lot of effort. So what I did was um, design, decide what the table of contents should be, what the trailer should be in a way. Uh, luckily for me, both publishing houses said, it sounds good, write the book. And then I wrote the book. So we followed the same path, the same process with Emil. We sat down on several occasions and we went through, hey, what are some of the main messages that you said in your speeches that I found very valuable, that we found to be very appreciated by the audience? So that was, and that generated a list of things. 
what are some of the greatest stories you could tell or you could share? And that was another list. And then what are some nice principles of aviation? Nice meaning uh, very valuable and very applicable to the world outside aviation. So we, we had a draft list of maybe 20, 30 big chunks of things. And then we grouped, kind of worked with them and grouped that. And we arrived at the table of contents. And we said, this looks like a book of three parts. In this case, it happens to be the first one is about communication. The second one is about leading. And the third one is about managing risk. How can you stay in control? Um, and then each part, we decided it will have three chapters. And we decided on the name of the chapter and on what the chapter will be about. We knew, okay, it's, it's gonna have this story as a main story. It's gonna have these uh, principles, uh, at least in, in, in big lines, in very broad, very broad strokes. And that was a table of content. And um, just to show it to you, uh, in the end, that turned out to be the exact table of content from the book. So you mm -hmm. see three, three parts, uh, three chapters to each, and of course, some introductory chapters and chapters at the end. Um, and we, we, we stuck to that. And then it was only about, hey, let's, uh, we have a mission now. The mission is part one has three chapters. The first chapter is about this. Let us now write that part together. And that was a little easier afterwards. So you, you could say we did the, the, the hard work initially, the thinking and the planning of the, or the architecture of the book, you say, you could say, and then we uh, went on uh, um, writing the book. And because it was two authors, so it was not, uh, if, uh, because obviously sometimes you have the author and then you have a ghostwriter or someone who checks. In our case, the role were, um, he had the experience from aviation, he was sharing with me the stories and uh, he was sharing with me, here's what, how we do things and here's, and, and my role would be to see what of all the things that you say um, sound best and would be the best fit to our audience who are not pilots, but people who are interested to have a more fruitful um, uh, career and also life outside work too. And sometimes I was, um, able to identify some things that to them in aviation, it's a small thing, for instance. Uh, there's, a there's a sentence that says, um, um, land ASAP, not crash ASAP, for instance. <laughs> and I, I kind of like that, I say, hey, let, let's stop here. Uh, because in business, if, if a crisis happens, sometimes we hurry too much into stopping that we actually crash the plane. But the, their procedure says, okay, you're going to land. But you cannot just land. You have to know where you land. You have to do some preparation activities. So you might tell the tower, this is uh, uh, Lufthansa flight or Taron flight, whatever, having an emergency, we're coming to landing. But from that moment until the actual landing happens, 30 minutes might go by and people in the tower might say, hey, I thought you have an emergency. Well, we do. But so we discovered a lot of nuggets that were hidden there. And that cockpit, uh, if, for instance, the title, how did we arrive at the title? Um, we said, let's write the content first. We'll worry about the title later. But then two titles kind of uh, came up all the time. One was, uh, this is your captain speaking, mm -hmm. which is a familiar, a familiar expression we've all heard. And the second one was dark cockpit, which sounds nice. It has a kind of a mystery uh, feel to it. But it's also it also means, by the way, dark cockpit means everything is going well. There's no uh, red lights, warning lights, caution lights, everything is going smoothly. And say, so, hey, that's what you want in a flight. That's what we want in a typical week at home or at work. So um, 
we would discuss a lot, a lot, a lot. And then the writing itself was done by both of us. So it was not like he was telling I was writing. He started every chapter by uh, describing the main story or the main principle, and he would send it to me. And I would work on it, meaning I would extend it or uh, rephrase it or put it around or things like that. And then I would add the bridges, the lessons that our audience can, can take. And then I would send the whole chapter back to him and he would review everything and maybe make some final changes and then back to me. And usually that's, that, that's it. So uh, it was a ping pong at every, um, at every mm -hmm. chapter. We liked that. And I looked forward to having his feedback on what I wrote and I think he looked forward to uh, seeing how I twisted and added and things like that and of course depending on from chapter to chapter we added some smaller details which we did not know in advance but the main ideas were there from the beginning. It's a fascinating process how you built this book and then got an approval of a publisher before proceeding. Uh, this question came up I know that you're along with me part of the National Speakers Association yeah. and I co-chair the NSA Authors Group. And we had a, a session last night with the publisher from entrepreneur.com. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions was, do you write the book and then do a book proposal or do you do a book proposal and then write the book? And she said, absolutely. We want to see the proposal first because we can offer you suggestions that will yeah. influence the way that you write the book and it will be a stronger product. She didn't come out and be quite that blatant, but that was uh -huh. my analysis based on what she was saying. It yeah, sounds it, it, to me like you were taking building blocks and assembling them. And I, I think it's important for our listener to recognize this is not a skill that everybody has. Mm. Some people who I've worked with as a, as a um, ghostwriter have not been able to see how to take all the pieces and put them together. And it requires yeah. a certain ability to be analytical in order to do that. Yeah. Let me provide, if I may, an, an illustration here. So for instance, you have a story that you want to tell. So in, in, it's an aviation story about an accident, for instance, something went wrong. And by the way, in aviation, when an accident happened, it's never just one thing that went wrong. Uh, most aviation um, inquiries reveal that behind every accident, there are between 50 and 70 things that can go wrong or coincidences, small things. Right? Mm. So you have a story. Um, I like to... Um, um, think of that as like filling a balloon. You have a balloon and you fill it. And if you think of a balloon, more if you just push air into them, most balloon turns into kind of a similar shape, all of them. They might be pink or blue or green, big or small, but same. And we said, we, did not, we do not want that in a story uh, for all balloons to have the same shape because here's what we want. We would rather think of a chapter like you might know and our viewers might know the, uh, the game Tetris where you have to build a wall from different bricks that keep coming uh, from the top of the screen. But the bricks are never just bricks. They are in the shape of an S or in the shape of a T or in the shape of an L. And you have to turn them around and, and fit them and build the brick layer by layer. So we said, hey, we want to build a chapter, which is kind of a rectangle, or you can see it's a room. If we just fill in balloons, the room will never be filled. There will always be space uh, outside the balloons. I want to tell this story 
in an L shape. Why? Because that's the shape I need here. I want to tell the other story in a kind of a T shape because that's what fits here. What does it mean? For instance, if I know I'll tell this story and it will fit in a chapter that deals with, as it happens here, communication, then when I tell the story, I'll focus from the beginning, not just at the end, it's a communication issue. No, no, no. From the beginning on who said what, what did the pilot say? What did the, what did the co-pilot say? Uh, what did the co-pilot understand, which was not the message and things like that. So the whole story flows nicely into the uh, beep, beep, communication needs to be uh, secure. The other story I might want to tell to emphasize some leadership qualities of the leader. So I, I'm not focusing that much on what he or she said, but maybe on their attitude, how they come to work, what's their body language, what's their, what's their overall uh, message that they communicate when they get it. So it helped us that we had the plan from the beginning. We say, hey, we want to emphasize the role of the captain as a leader of the team. How do we do that? Well, this story fits nicely here. And it could happen to any of us uh, who, any viewers here, you might be able to tell the same story, not in two different ways, because it's the same story, but it, if, you, if you tell it from the communication perspective or from the leadership perspective, it might be longer or shorter. You might leave out or put in different aspects of it. So it helped us very much that we, we knew from the beginning what we wanted rather than, okay, I have this story. It, it, it covers seven pages now, uh, but it doesn't doesn't really fit with communication because I thought I would put it in chapter two, but I'll put it in chapter seven. Now I have to rewrite it. Uh, and rewriting is, is not fun, right? Because you're kind of <laughs> destroying your work. You're taking away the paragraphs, hey, but I wrote that. And it's even worse when someone else does the rewriting for you and then it shrinks it in time and you go, oh, crazy. So it was helpful for us to say, what do we want with this book? What should the table of contents be? This is the table of contents. How does it sound? We check it with many people. When they said it looks good, we check it, we check it with the publisher again, by the way, for Dark Cockpit. The publisher says, well, it looks good. We look forward to reading it and most likely we're going to publish it because from the looks of it. And then we just fulfill the mission. It's like uh, when you're flying. So my mission is to get to London safely. I know where I need to be. So I know where I, what I need to do to get there. You mentioned that you sold quite a few copies in Romania. Tell me about the process that you went through to launch this book. And then what led to your thinking of having it released in English for a different market? Yeah, well, um, it's, it's two completely different launches. In Romania, it was pretty much centered geographically around Bucharest. And it was, uh, in terms of format, it was structured very much on live meetings. So this was uh, quite a narrow market and it was before COVID, right? right. So uh, we had a launch event where we invited, the publisher invited friends, we invited friends, uh, Emil invited friends and colleagues and everything. So it was a big event, which generated a lot of noise on social media. And then because our, our company, Qualians, has been in the market for 20 years, we're in good relationships with the number of companies who then organized uh, meet the authors. So we, we visited uh, a number of companies. We introduced the book and, and a few principles in 15, 20 minutes, spent another 20, 30 minutes answering questions from the people who came uh, uh, there. And then we, we, we signed books and sold them. And uh, uh, we were very happy that there were many companies who wanted to do that. It was good for them too, because they provided some learning experience uh, mm. for their people. And in some cases, it was the company who paid for the books. In some other 
people, in cases it was the employees who came in, who got the book at a special price, that matters less. What matters is that we did a lot of meetings. And of course, the uh, little media cov coverage went on TV and radio and so on. And then we also moved um, uh, outside Bucharest in the country for a few uh, events in, in big cities. So that was that was then. Well, an international launch cannot, be cannot really be uh, centered on a city because the world is big, right? And also uh, it happened uh, in this pandemic where it's not so easy to get uh, tens or hundreds of people together. So the focus was very much on social media, LinkedIn and Facebook, and also having a promotion on launch day where we made the Kindle book, uh, Kindle version of the book available for just 99 cents. So um, everybody who uh, we informed was able to buy to get the Kindle version of the book for just 99 cents. And that was good because the feedback uh, was, and by the way, you can read the Kindle on a Kindle, but on any iPad, on any smartphone, mm -hmm. on any computer. So, and you, you've got no shipping costs uh, uh, and you get the book right on the spot. So that you don't need to wait three days, five days, two days, uh, two weeks, whatever, depending on where you are. And then, um, yeah, um, uh, the news started spreading and we're happy that we've got more orders from more places around the world now. The book is available um, um, in various places, almost all the places where you could suspect you can find the book, it's there. From the perspective of leveraging the power of this book, which has extraordinary information in it related to leadership principles, I was the editor of the book, so I know the content quite thoroughly. What comes across is the, the value of leadership skills in any industry and in many situations. And I'm fascinated by your comment that parents bought it for their teenage kids because yeah. that's a, a group of people who need to understand some of the strong principles. How do you see, for you and for Emil, how do you see this moving into another venue in, in terms of, are you planning to do coaching, consulting? What can yeah. you do with this content which you've put together? Yeah, well, um, here, uh, uh, the goals of different authors can be different, right? Some write the book just to write the book because they have a lot of experience and they just want to share. Some people want to book speaking engagements and, and consulting. So I guess whatever the plan that anybody uh, has, that's fine. Um, what was very helpful for us is that, um, and I guess this is the, the one of the main questions for every author, what is the angle you bring? Because every year there are thousands and thousands of new books that are being published about leadership i think it's <laughs> it's 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 a huge number so it has to have an angle our angle is hey lessons from aviation aviation is something that everybody knows people have been flying the planes and when we were sitting in those planes we say oh this is amazing or maybe we were scared a little bit sometimes if you if you know when you board the plane before you go to make a right to go to your seat maybe you see the cockpit door open and you see the cockpit and you i go oh my some people go oh my god that's complicated some people go oh my god that's fascinating i'd love to know more so with this book people get to know more and um, as you said in the beginning the it's a huge responsibility to fly a plane uh, not only because the plane itself costs a hundred million dollars but because it carries it might not even be the president but it car carries a hundred souls or 300 souls and 
That's a huge responsibility, which means that everything that's in aviation is at a very, very high standard that all of us can learn from. So this was our angle. Hey, it's not I'm um, smarter than average. Here's what I learned in my That's good too, right? But I say, hey, this is the treasure of know-how from aviation. And it ha that has helped lead to uh, consulting projects, working with teams, answering directly to your question now, uh, finally, right? Um, working directly with the senior leadership teams on how can they improve the way they lead and the way they act as a team and the whole and, and the way the, the culture of the organization looks, for instance, because the, what happens in the cockpit, it need, really needs to be a team, not just not between pilot and co-pilot, but with all the flight attendants, because everybody is required to fly the plane. Nobody's extra. If they were extra, they would not be there, it, not in aviation, obviously. So if they're there, they must add value. So you, it's about... Um, making sure that everyone contributes. So that has helped us a lot. It's bringing um, uh, us many, many speeches because in these times of pandemic, after pandemic, but still a lot of stress, people need to be encouraged. People need to see that there's a light. People need to see that there is a way that you can go through tough times uh, if you have a plan, if you know what to do. And aviation has a lot of answers uh, for that. So it, it has helped us a lot. Yes, there are so many layers in the book. There's the, the safety layer. There's the leadership layer. Yes. Being uh, rooted in healthcare and being concerned about patient safety. I remember when crew management resources came in as a concept into healthcare and the principles of listening to everybody that you just covered, that one person in that in that room or one person inside that plane notices a problem and says, well, you know, it's not my job. Um, yeah. So it's up to somebody else to bring it to the attention, or maybe it's nothing. People have died as a result of not yeah, speaking Unfortunately, up. yes. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't happen in aviation. Everybody has a role. And when something happens, it's clear who should act, but even if for some, by some wonder, it's not clear, people act because they are on the plane. So if the plane crashes, they all die, including the people who might have said, hey, I'm not there, which is different. For if you're an architect, uh, the house is not good, it's in a different city, you don't get to see it. Uh, uh, or if you're a doctor, for, of course you care for the patient, but you get to live when the patient dies. But right. on a plane, everyone's there. And you cannot say, hey, time with a car, for instance, you can say, okay, just click the, um, 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 the yellow head, the yellow lights and uh, pull to the right and somebody will come to you eventually. On a plane, you cannot do that. And planes cannot stay in, in, on air forever. So they have to be brought down safely. So the, the level of responsibility is very high. And uh, the feedback we've, we have from readers, Romania and also across the world, is that um, they have been inspired by that level of responsibility in whatever area they are and say, hey, I want to make that happen in my team, in my life, obviously, but also in all the people around me. And that leads to speeches and buying books. And sometimes um, some companies wanted to have a kind of a special print of the book with their own logo and everything can be done nowadays. So the CEO can um, personalize the message with the forward and everything. So there are many things that can be done and we're glad to uh, be of assistance to as many people as we can. I know that the people who are watching this show or listening to it on the audio channels will want to get a copy of the book and find out more about you and the services that you offer through your company. Can you tell them what would be the best way for them to connect with you and also to get a copy of the book? 
Sure. Uh, before I say that, let me just um, uh, say thank you very much, uh, Pat, for helping us with editing the book. Uh, your your help was was really incredible, and we and we loved it. So where can where can you find the book? Well, you can find it on Amazon. But if for some reason you want to buy it somewhere else, you go to the web go to the uh, website of the book, which is darkcockpitbook.com. Dark cockpitbook.com. There you'll find buying links from 10 different sources from Apple and Barnes and Noble and everything can go directly. You can drop us a message there. You can watch videos. You can find out more about us. So the, uh, the, the website is darkcockpitbook.com. No dash, no anything. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Octavian. This has been wonderful. It's given me a chance to relive some of the lessons that I learned from sitting in the the seat in front of my computer instead of in the passenger seat. And I know that I got on a plane a few weeks ago to come down to Florida. And I was thinking about all the things that can go on and all the things that need to go on yeah. in order for that flight to be safe. Yeah. We were stuck in a thunderstorm in Orlando and wanted to go to Fort Myers. So mm -hmm. instead of going down at an angle and all the thunderstorms were in the middle Finally, the pilot in the control tower figured out they can go straight across west down the Gulf and then back into land. And I was fascinated as I was sitting there for two and a half hours on the plane, sitting on parked on a runway. I was thinking about all of the communication and the skill required to safely get a plane through an area yeah. that's filled with thunderstorms and lightning and and torrential rain and I was yeah. appreciative, having read your book, having edited your book to recognize the skill and knowledge that goes into getting all those 250 souls to their destination safely. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Thank you very much, Pat, for the invitation. And to all our viewers and listeners, good luck in finding your angle on things and into uh, publishing your book. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. If you're writing a book or thinking about writing a book and looking for an editor, I warmly recommend that you work with Pat Ayer. She was referred to us by people who worked with her in the past, and uh, we were very, very happy with, uh, with her work. I say we because uh, I'm talking about a book, Dark Cockpit, that uh, I co-authored with an, an airline captain. So it was, uh, it was a complex, complex experience, and she helped us a lot in fine-tuning the content, in uh, breaking down the longer chapter into smaller parts to make it even clearer and even easier to read. Our book has call-outs, and she helped identify what the call-outs are, and we liked every single call-out call out that she identified. We uh, like that she rephrased some some of the things just to make them sound sound better. I'm I'm from Romania, so is my uh, co-author. Uh, the book was translated by a professional translator, but we wanted to make sure that the book sounds really good in in English. And she helped a lot with uh, with that. She, and she gave us uh, many um, great tips along the way. It was a great cooperation. It was a great partnership. And uh, she is a great. She can be a great partner to you too. Good luck in publishing your book. This is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business. I'd like you to meet Susan Hybeck, who is a nurse who has finished a book on a unique topic related to medicine based on her background as a nurse interested in cancer care. Susan, welcome back. And 
the purpose of this little segment is to let people know what you covered in your podcast so that they would know that they want to hear you next in their lineup of shows. Can you give our viewer or our listener a clue as to what we covered in your show? Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity, Pat. Uh, what we covered in the show was my uh, clinical background in cancer nursing. And we talked about um, my current nursing specialty as a nurse working with attorneys. Um, and I wanted to combine those two roles and interests in uh, providing a book that could provide information to attorneys about cancer cases. And we also talked about the fact that I took your course, uh, Book Authoring Mastery, and that helped me to sort and uh, manage all the material to go into such a book and decide what would be most useful uh, for the attorney client. Thank you, Susan. Anything else you would like to add about what we just covered? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. I've been talking with Susan Hybeck, who is the author of Cancer Care Malpractice. It's now available on Amazon. You'll be sure to want to listen to some of the tips that she shares as she describes the process that she went through of narrowing down her topic and thinking about her target market when she wrote that book. Be sure to get Susan Hybeck on your list of podcasts to watch. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for writers at writingtogetbusiness.com. That is W-R-I-T-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. Coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs work with Pat so they can get more business by writing and sharing their expertise. Check out Pat's resources on writingtogetbusiness.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.